Hey, good morning. My name's Mitch. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is my honor and privilege. Uh, Adam asked me to uh, bring the message today to wrap out this sermon series, and um, which is awesome because we're in the middle of the Olympics. So I just get material to talk about, you know? I can start off with the Olympics. Anybody love the Olympics? I do. Good. And I know, hey, I'm not going to stay all sports analogy on you today, but I am going to talk Olympics. We'll talk teachers. We'll talk gardening. We'll do some other stuff too. But um, I, do we have any favorite obscure sports from the Olympics? Yeah. What's that? Kayaking. Paint, paintball. Oh. Okay. I thought you said paintball. I was totally missed that one. Oh, dancing horses. You can get a gold medal teaching a horse to dance. Trampoline, that's pretty fantastic. I think there's going to be a lot of broken bones that come out of like, like, you know, like, oh, oh, I can do that. What you got? I love some water polo. Because if you've ever actually like tried to get your whole upper body out of the water just by kicking your legs underneath and wave a ball around, try it. You can't do it. You can't, you can't do it. Um, but I love all the stories too, right? They give us all these inspirational Olympic stories. They give you the, the announce, where do they get the announcers? These guys know every single thing about every single athlete in the most obscure sports ever. And they just fill all the dead air just talking about their backstory and when they picked up their first ping pong paddle. And, and it's just, you know, and they just, it's riveting, right? And then, and they give you all that information about it and the new rules and the new sports and three on three basketball or three X three if you're international and you don't um, understand that the X means three on three. Uh, but anyway, the Olympic Games, though, however, have not always been, um, have not always, they've always had, they've had some, some fair share of controversy as well. There's always some controversy. There's been big controversy around the Olympic Games. We've had Olympic Games that haven't happened because of, because of wars. We've had political displays on display at the Olympics. There have been acts of terror and violence enacted in, um, in, at the Olympic Games. And there's been boycotts. And in 1980, there was a boycott of the Olympics that uh, the U.S. took part in, but the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan, and as a result, 61 countries, including the U.S., boycotted the Summer Olympic Games, because they're supposed to be held in Moscow. They were held in Moscow in 1980. So there were 465 Team USA athletes who qualified for the Olympics and never had the chance to compete in them. And some 219 of those athletes who qualified for the 1980 Olympics had not qualified four years earlier and would not make the qualification in 1984. Therefore, that was their one, their only chance at being an Olympian that they had and they didn't get to compete. These athletes, they were able to lead themselves to the highest level of sport in their country, but got denied a chance to compete. One of the swimmers, one of the swimmers who fell in that category from that year, uh, Bill Barrett, he, he qualified 
um, qualify for the 100-meter uh, breaststroke with a time that actually his qualifying time would have was higher than the world than the um, than the gold medal winning time in Moscow that year. He also held the world record for the 200-meter um, in the in the trials. He got he held the world record, but still in 1984, four years later, he failed to even qualify. For, so that was his one chance at that Olympic competition. And he later, he later mentioned um, years, years after 1980 that this was a very tough but a very good lesson to learn in life. That you can do everything right but still not be able to reach your ambitions or goals. So Barrett's hard fact to swallow there is you, me, us, we don't control the outcomes. Outcomes is the topic of today's final sermon as we wrap up this series on O is for Leadership. The past three weeks, we've talked about opportunity, obstacles, obedience, and if you missed any of those, I'd like to encourage you to go out to our website, carney.church, and you can get the messages there and the whole sermon um, series and the different videos from that or just the audio. So if you want to catch up on the others, they're out there. But this whole series, we've been looking at the life of Paul. And Paul was God's chosen instrument to spread the good news about Jesus from its Jewish origins in Jerusalem to the Gentiles, the non-Jews around the world. Paul is the original church planter. This dude planted churches all over the known world. He was like the Johnny Appleseed of the gospel, right? And he's just planting stuff everywhere. Only the leaders of the time didn't want him planting apples or churches. Um, he was more of like starting these invasive species but over the past month, we've seen that Paul took on opportunities that God has given him. Paul showed obedience to God. Paul overcame obstacles and persevered, but God provided outcomes. The outcomes are all God. Paul was the tool that God used to share the good news of Christ with the world. We're gathered here today in the name of Jesus millennia later living out outcomes God put into motion by Paul, through Paul. Paul trusted that God was the God of outcomes. The resurrected Jesus that he met on that road to Damascus we learned about is bigger than death and is eternal and everlasting unlike anything else. Through his steadfast obedience, Paul demonstrated that he trusted God for these eternal outcomes because these temporal outcomes, the things happening right here and now aren't really the outcomes. They're more of these events woven in to a bigger design. Lots of faithful followers of Christ have never missed opportunities. They've always overcome these obstacles and they've persevered with obedience but they don't end up seeing the fruits of their labor in this lifetime. They never enjoy that temporal outcome of their hard work, but trust that God is painting a picture that is wider than their field of vision. So if we're gonna embrace these four O's of leadership and not get reduced to a puddle of tears on the way, then we're gonna have to submit to this fundamental truth that obedience to God does not get me what I want in this life. Obedience to God does not result in material wealth and social status and, and worldly successes of all kinds. Rather, obedience to God gets God the results he wants. 
which may or may not be known to us at the time. Uh, pastor and author Jessica Legrone puts it this way um, in her book, Broken and Blessed, easy circumstances are no proof of God's blessing and difficult circumstances are no indication of his absence. If obedience to God guaranteed worldly success, then Paul should have been like king of the world. He was that obedient. Instead, from the moment he encountered Christ and became obedient to him, his life was kind of wrecked, his worldly life. He had wealth and power before, but the more obedient he became, the more the worldly troubles kind of piled up on him. He lists them out for us in his second letter to the Corinthians. And uh, Pastor Adam read through these rapidly for us last week. It was kind of fun if you want to go back and watch his video of him getting worked up. Um, but he lists them out for us. And it's kind of like this, you know, not very good promotional pamphlet for come be a follower of Christ. Paul was imprisoned, flogged, he had brushes with death, beaten with rods, flogged again, stoned three times, shipwrecked. One time he bobbed around in the ocean for a day or a night. He had all kinds of troubles, dangers of all kinds, he says, bandits, fellow Jews, Gentiles, false believers. Yet he still chose obedience to Christ. Paul is either out of his mind or follows a God whose outcomes are out of this world. So if you're looking for like circumstantial evidence for the resurrection of Jesus, Paul's behavior might be it. Like who does this? He obeyed and he obeyed and he obeyed. In his letter to the church in Galatia, Paul writes, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. He says we'll reap eternal life at the proper time. Those two phrases he puts in there. Have you ever worked really hard for something that you are never going to see the end of? Made investments that that aren't for your future. You know, there's, there's like engineers who work on projects that aren't even gonna get finished in their lifetime. Or, or uh, like planting a tree whose shade you will never sit beneath. What about teachers? How many teachers we got in here? Current, oh man, current teachers, retired teachers, former, you're always teaching. We have parents, coaches, grandparents, great-grandparents, all of us plant these seeds of education and learning in our younger members of society. And like Paul, we as teachers and leaders sow these seeds that we believe in. Does anyone know a teacher who thinks reading's overrated? <laughs> I, like, like, nah, you know, no. You, you get a calculator, you don't need to read. Uh, yeah, that's not a thing. Because we believe in this fundamental building block, the seed of education and the genesis of, of reading begins with that learning those letters, learning that alphabet. My grandmother would sit down on the floor. She's 90 years old and she would sit down with my boys when they were, when they were itty bitty and she'd like hold up the little blocks, little blocks with the letter on and show, to, show them, like try to teach them 
that letter, she was a teacher and an educator and still is to where she recognizes that for them to grow and succeed, the earlier start that she can plant that seed, she may never see them grow to the to a career and a, and a great reader, but she can hope and dream that if she puts them on the right path, if she takes part in that kickoff, that they will, they will have those seeds they need to grow. And why do, they, why do we do this? Why does she do this? It's because we love them, we want the best for them, and we believe that this teaching will provide a profound lifelong impact. But we also need to know that the outcome isn't up to us to worry about. It is up to us for the planting of the seed. That outcome is up to God. We find these words of Jesus in the book of Mark, chapter 4, 27 and 28. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or he gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stock, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. Jesus is telling us that the planting is our part, the outcomes are God's part. And this just blew my mind when I think of planting and gardening and get real literal with it of growing. The miracle, the miracle of the seed becoming the fruit is amazing, and I didn't do that. Do we got gardeners in here who've gardened and grow things? You didn't grow it. That's, I'm glad you're a gardener, but you didn't grow that. God, that the, the miracle was God. That's amazing to me. I, didn't, I don't even do the planting. I transplant. It was already a tomato plant when I got it. I didn't put the seed in the dirt. Some of you may have, and that's, that's awesome, but I got it from Lowe's, and I... <laughs> put the little carton off of it. And sometimes I don't even got to take the carton off because it's decomposable. So you put the carton in the dirt and then all I'm responsible for is the watering and the care of that. The seed and the miracle is all God's work. Uh, Paul reiterates it in our scripture for today. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 6, Paul says, I planted the seed. He's talking spiritual here. I planted the seeds of faith. So um, I planted the seed, Apollo watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. We are God's field and God's building. So that sounds, that sounds great, right? right? Wait off our shoulders there on our responsibility, but, but what happens when we get these temporal outcomes that we don't want? What happens when we take opportunities and overcome obstacles and are obedient to God, but everything goes wrong? You know, Paul lived this. He's our example. You know, when things went wrong for Paul, it was shipwrecks and prison and beatings. What are we supposed to do when we do everything right, but everything goes wrong? When our kids don't make the choices that, that we've trained them to or taught them how to, and they make the wrong choices, or, or our career isn't going the way we want it, or we get laid off or even lose that job, or we get sick, or we lose a loved one, 
or that cancer that was gone comes back again? What then? I believe Paul would tell us that that is when we have to rest our faith in God's eternal outcomes. Outcomes that are beyond our ability to see or understand, possibly years or generations in the future. Like Paul, we may endure hardships in our time, our time here in this life. But Paul calls us to, in his, in his letter, not, not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. An eternal harvest, an outcome that we must be confident in that God is the God of. We have to accept that we may never see or know or understand a fraction of what impact God is using us for. But we have to leave that in his hands. Outcomes are out of our control. Our job is the obedient, faithful planting and watering. Paul suffered for a cause he believed in for sharing the good news of the grace offered by us by the resurrected Lord. Paul, a real person who suffered far more than I ever have, did so happily as a witness for Christ. Paul believed that the whole world should know that Jesus closed the gap between our sinful, broken lives and a relationship with God. Today, I want you to know that when you've squandered every opportunity, ran from every obstacle and disobeyed at every turn, you can still find hope. You still find that hope in Jesus. But likewise, when you have done everything right and you followed every opportunity and you faced those obstacles head on, you still need Jesus for that eternal outcome. You didn't produce it. He did. I believe that O is for leadership and God can and will use opportunities, obstacles, and our obedience to teach us how to lead ourselves and lead others. So God calls us to plant seeds of hope and seeds of faith and seeds of obedience and to water those that have been planted by others in others. And we're called to entrust the growing to him. We control our actions and our responses, but God, everybody, God controls the outcomes. Amen? Amen. Lord, this morning we turn over to you the outcomes. We turn over to you the results. We turn over to you those things that, that we are trying to control. Today we focus on we focus on what we, what we are in charge of, the planting and the watering. As we wrap up this series, Lord, we focus on, on what opportunities you've placed in front of us to spread your word, to obey your calling. We look for those opportunity, opportunities to be obedient, to hear the voice of you calling on our lives, to feel the tug on our hearts for compassion, for love, for mercy, for grace in our community and beyond, to plant seeds, Lord, that will grow faithful followers of you, to water seeds 
with words of encouragement that others have planted before us. To be representatives of yours, to share and grow and build your kingdom. We look to, we look to this life of Paul, Lord, as we, as we look for examples of just obedience and faithfulness with an eye on outcomes that are beyond our field of vision but we trust that they are for your good and your glory. Amen. Amen.